Dave Meltzer here. Joining me today on the podcast is a former NFL running back, a writer, and an inspiring human being, Rashad Jennings. Rashad and I talked about his growing pains in high school and how he dealt with his weight issues. How an abusive relationship with his father was the spark for him to strive to be great. The release of his upcoming book, The If in Life, is available May 8th. And he even shared the secret on how to build a good relationship with athletes. Hint, it's always free swag. Find out about all of that and more only on The Playbook. This is Entrepreneurs The Playbook, where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success and what made them champions on the field and in the boardroom. I'm your host and CEO of Sports One Marketing, David Meltzer. This is Dave Meltzer, CEO of Sports One Marketing with Entrepreneur, The Playbook, and I have a superstar running back, Rashad Jennings. Now that he's retired, we want to get into the knowledge, the wisdom that he's created, and I know you have a new book that's coming out that's going to, I think, rock the world because it shows, you know, one of the, I, I ran Lee Steinberg, and the most frustrating thing that I had in running the most notable sports agency in the world was that people don't know the players. Most 90 some percent of the players are abundant. They have foundations. They're all about giving back, teaching. And, you know, there's a few bad stories because like anywhere else, colleges, universities, when you get young people together, you got a few problems, growing pains. And uh, you had your own growing pains in high school. Right? You had a, a point of your life where you had to make a decision when you realized, you know, you were, well, first, you were a heavy guy. Absolutely. In fact, I think you self-quoted yourself as pudgy. Is that Yeah, like that's, that? that's to be gentle. <laughs> oh, really? How, how big were you? I was a, uh, at a one point in time, I was 270 pounds oh overweight, chubby kid. So uh, with red rim glasses, really? uh, 0.6 GPA, and a fifth string running back saying that I wanted to play in the NFL. So I had to overcome a lot of obstacles. You were no Christian Okoye? No, no, no. no, no, no. no. <laughs> uh, what, what turned that around? I mean, you know, obviously, if you're looking at a kid from, you were from Lynchburg or around there? Yeah. From Lynchburg, Virginia. You know, I have that Poplar Grove golf course right by. I know it well. You know, kids are picking on you. You're a fifth string running back. What turned you around? I mean, it's a lot turned me around, but... I think uh, the major turning points in my life is a lot. There's a lot of different pinpoints where I could say this day, this moment really was a game changer for me. But um, I really believe it was a relationship with my father that we had a major turning point in which forced me um, to, to, to find a new avenue um, and, a, and a challenge and a, a desire to go prove him wrong, really. Um, and, and a little bit to that, my dad, growing up, he used to drink heavily, smoke heavily. And that was a part of why I had asthma as a child, too. And there was one particular time when I was in the hospital, I was hospitalized because of an asthma attack. And I was in the hospital for a week, blowing through the peak flows, only moving a centimeter. I'm fighting for my next breath, much less could I accomplish anything that I've, I've done so far. And that particular day, um, the doctor said that you cannot be around cigarette smoke um, and you can't have a dog. I had a dog, so I had to get rid of my dog. And 
my doctors advised my father not to smoke in the house anymore. Long story short, I go back home. Week go by, two weeks go by. My dad starts smoking back in the house again. I'm downstairs. I could smell the cigarette smoke moving through the vent. As I started to sniff it, I started to choke up, right? And I know my dad understands where I'm at yeah. as far as my health. Um, so I go up to his room, I knock on his door, open it. He's sitting in the corner of his room, drinking and smoking. And as a child, this, this 13 year old kid, the red rims and overweight, I looked at him, I said, dad, can you stop drinking and smoking to be there for me? And he looked at me, he took a puff of a smoke. He said, Rashad, what do you want to do when you get older? He said it arrogantly. Yeah. And I said, I want to play running back in the NFL. Took a sip of his drink, puffed the smoke again. He said, Rashad, you think you'll be able to make it to the NFL without smoking or drinking yourself? And with tears in my eyes, I said, just to prove you wrong, I'm never going to do it. And so that's why I'm 32. I've never drank alcohol a day in my life, never smoked a day in my life. And it was just to prove him wrong. And in doing so, his son, uh, watching his son prove him wrong, he quit drinking and smoking himself. So in a weird way, we both feel like we saved each other's life from that particular day. And, you know, if I wouldn't have took it as a challenge or if I would have looked at that occasion differently, who knows? So that was one of the major yeah. turning points. My dad used to smoke in the, in the car, windows up. You know, we had six kids. You know, my dad left when I was young, which was a blessing. But I reconciled with him. And my motivation to make money was to prove, you know, that same thing with my father. And so I totally understand. And uh, wow, that, that's so amazing. Interesting how is that everybody has some type of story, especially I, I feel like as a young boy, your motivation is when it's strong, it's because you want to prove somebody wrong. Yeah. Um, I don't know why that is. That consistent persist because if you're not going to quit, you you have to have something extra to reach a higher level. And you know, I retired in my 30s, and my dream was to be rich. And the reason I wanted to be rich was my mom raised us, six kids, and the only time that we weren't happy was when the car broke down, she couldn't afford something. So I was kind of bitter towards my father, and I thought, God, if I could make a lot of money, then I made it. And the biggest, and so I, I lost that golf course. I, I had a ski mountain. I lost everything. And the biggest insult to me was one of my aunts, my father's sister, goes, you're just like your father. Oh, God, man. I got, like, for me, that motivated me. At that time, I was like, you know what? Because you'll feel this. You know, with your dad, I get choked up. I was like, you know what? That was the turning point for me. I'm going to prove that I'm not like my father. I'm going to make it back the right way this time by giving back to people, you know, not being selfish and all about just money, about being of service, uh, which leads me to the next thing is you have that side of you. I mean, I love reading about, you, you love to learn. Absolutely. T tell me about that, that desire. It's more than being an ex exceptional running back, but tell me about that desire to learn. And you have a different philosophy about learning, which I love. Yeah, so for me, I'm, I'm truly, I'm an autodidact. I would like to define myself as I am attracted genuinely to learning, um, and especially outside the forms of generic education. Right. Um, so I don't know what it is. I've always been intrigued. Now, <laughs> so it's like, how do you love learning? And you got a point six. Right, right. That's <laughs> so, what I read. I'm like, something's not equating something here. Something right, man. So... All right, it was an issue. I always thought I was smarter than school growing up, 
Like, like Gates. <laughs> like, that's just, that was the issue I had. Yeah. A, a prime example. Here's a perfect example to show how I had a .6 GPA. <laughs> so I, um, in high school, we had to write an essay on, our fa on, on one of our heroes in high school. I chose to write about Dr. Martin Luther King. You had to put it in, you know, a certain format at the end of citing your sources, etc. So, okay. Went to the library, picked up a couple books, and I'm trying to find some quotes about Dr. Martin Luther King. I couldn't find anything at the time to say exactly what I wanted to say, so I got the bright idea to quote myself. <laughs> Makes sense to me. So, at That's the end awesome. of the paper, I put uh, uh, your sources, I put Rashad Jennings' mind. That was my source. It's true. So that's what I put. And I turned it in, get the grade back, got a big fat F plus, F plus at least. So <laughs> I went up to my teacher and I said, Ms. Hudson, why'd I get an F? This is again, the little overweight kid and glad. Why'd I get an F? So she said, Rashad, you got an F because you quoted yourself. And I said, yeah, but is what I said true? She said, yes. I said, is what I said relevant to the paper? She said, yes. I said, so why'd I get an F? She said, because you're not a credible source. Oh my <laughs> and God. so I asked her, again, I'm really confused. I'm like, I don't understand this. So basically, I have to go do something major or special in this world 20 years from now just to come back and say the same thing. People listen. And now they're going to listen. Yeah. And she looked at me, she said, pretty much, yeah. And so fast forward, I get drafted in the NFL. I go do some motivational speaking. I actually got called in from a high school because they were doing a research paper on professional athletes. A relationship with one of the uh, teachers asked me to come in and speak to the class. So I'm speaking to the class and I'm watching kids take notes and quoting things I said. They turned in the paper with quote Rashad Jennings they got A's. Yeah. So a every pluses. every A paper uh, that that, that uh, a student got, I got a copy of it. Took it back to that same high school teacher, slapped it on the desk, and check this out. No way. So it's like that's what I was too and busy to draw Yeah, and take a picture. <laughs> right. Yeah, and will yeah. you and will you say something to my kid? <laughs> yeah, of course no. I will. But <laughs> right, right. The humility side. But well, now it's even better because your book your book's coming out. Right. The if in life, people yes. now not only will quote yes. you. But they'll take the book part, right? Yes. You are a credible source. I'm a credible source now. That's awesome. That's, that's crazy. I, I I still can't believe that one. And so you know, this is a self awareness book. It's a help you know self help development book, being your best self. But I believe that my success and happiness comes from being my higher self. You you have your best self, right? And some people define that as Christ. And obviously, in a Jewish family, when I'd say, oh, I believe in Christ, you know, in a higher source. You know, my Jewish family like freaks out and I said, well, you do too, right? I'm in the consistent, persistent pursuit, enjoyment of my potential. And my potential is Christ-like. Like, like I don't care if you believe in Christ, but you should walk like it. Right. Right? You should try to. And right. tell me about, you know, the book, what motivated you and, and what the message is. Well, it's, it's, you know, the if in life, I titled it that way because it's a play on words. And when you spell out the word life, if it's in the middle, yeah. um, you can't live life without it. And so I extract all of the ifs in my life that I, I've either had to overcome or faced a major decision um, to find myself in the position I am today, all the triumphs and hurdles. 
And so it's motivational. Um, it's very deep, but it's very simple and practical. And so the, it was written in such a way that every reader that uh, reads it feels, one, that they know me on a personal level because there's many of stories in here uh, that people would have no idea about that's true and that actually I went through. Um, they get to see my vantage point and my filter of how I absorb life itself. Um, but they also will for sure have to look at themselves in the mirror a little bit differently and they will extract their own ifs. And that's, that's really what I want to get people and readers to understand that we can, we can achieve anything we want. Yeah. Right? We can teach anything we want. We can be absolutely anything we want. We all know this, uh, but I think that I've done a creative way of reminding us of that. Of getting out of our own way. Absolutely. Have you have you read uh, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich? Not in full. Yeah, you should be. That's my favorite book, and uh, but it talks about very similar stuff about you know we can achieve what we believe, right? The old Carnegie. He was actually Napoleon Hill hired by Carnegie, mm -hmm. and to work through that. Now you're extremely intelligent, extremely articulate, but you're also a fantastic athlete. Uh, in the world of athletes, someone who loves to learn and learn and read. You know, and I've run in, I represented Myron Roll even, right? Rhodes Scholar. And I always find it interesting, you know, most guys are playing video games these days. You know, you, even in, you just retired. So I'm sure you're around, you know, the Marquette Kings of the world that, you know, probably don't even know football. They, they know Madden better. Yeah. But, uh, you know, for you, you're sitting there reading all the time. D did you have like a group of guys within the team or was, you know, friends that, you know, you're articulating these thoughts to or mentors? To, you know, to, I know you, you have a mentoring foundation mm -hmm. that helps kids. Tell me about who, what influenced you while you're playing to continue your pursuit of education. Well, to continue the pursuit of education, I mean, I, I was, um, I was you know, privy enough to be a part of the NFLPA. I was a player rep on the, on, the, on the team for the last four years, and a player rep is the guy inside the locker room that the team votes for to be a representation of them. Yeah. Um, and to, it, I find it from being an agent, it's the guy that the team most trusts. Right. <laughs> they really do. Right. It's like, oh, yeah, he's smarter than I am. I want him representing me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my business partner, Warren Moon, was a player rep, right? Because okay. everybody respected and wanted you know, Warren to speak for the team and their rights. Yeah. Or at least understand what the heck's going on. Yeah, somebody to kind of be the, the mediator between the NFL itself yeah. and the locker room. So, yeah, I, I, was, I, was, I was that person in the locker room. Um, but what, what inspired me just to continue of education, I feel like playing in the NFL is a continuation of college. You go to college to try to figure out what you want to do. Yeah. I just feel like God blessed me with a couple extra years to figure it out. And pay you a lot to do so. And get paid along exactly. the way of doing it. Yeah. Um, but it's also open up, a, open up doors that a degree alone would have never allowed. And, you know, just to go back to talking about education, I started off in psychology and so sociology at Pittsburgh University. Double major because I have a desire to be a marriage counselor. Still in the latter years of my life, I tend to do that. Why? Because I feel like the easiest way to heal communities is heal marriages. Nice. We can get into that, but that's that's, awesome. that's a, yeah. a whole nother conversation. But yeah. I started off psychology and sociology at Pitt. First year, I was I was set to graduate in three years. Um, and what's funny, I went at Pitt. This is just side note. I ended up winning Freshman Writer of the Year award for the guy that couldn't pass 
anything right, in high school. Right, DPA, right? It was because now I got to free, I was a free writer now. I'm, I get to express myself, right. not under the confines of SOL's structure. You know, right. I, now I get to talk. And so it was just different. But when I transferred um, to Piss, I mean, to Liberty University, uh, small D1AA Christian school, yeah. Lynchburg, Virginia. Sure you know well. all about that. Yep. Um, none of my credits transferred because it was a private school. So I had to make a decision. Do I want to keep my major and set out football for a year? Or do I want to switch my major and continue to play? I made my decision yeah. <laughs> to continue to play, and I switched my major to psychology. I mean, excuse me, sports management and business with the minor in biblical education. I went back and got my honorary doctor degree in humanity um, when I did the commencement speech awesome. for the university, uh, which I was so like, I was I was the youngest commencement speaker. I was so nervous, beyond nervous, of speaking in front of that many people. Something so presidential. But yeah. what made it worse was that. <laughs> As I'm setting, as I'm setting on the stage, um, our chancellor went up to the microphone. You know, they're acknowledging everybody, but he said before I was about to go up, he said before I bring up our 43rd commencement speaker, I have a guest that I want everyone to say hello to. Who comes out? Mel Gibson. Oh wow! So I'm like, <laughs> I gotta follow behind this guy. Right. And sure enough, he goes up after he's done. He said, wait a second, I have a friend. Vince Vaughn. No way. I'm like, come on, man, what are y'all doing to me? Y'all oh, sabotaging me. But then, you know, awesome. then I got up and uh, I knocked that thing out the park. So of course we you did. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was blessed. I won an award. My best award was Variety Magazine Sports Humanitarian of the Year. And the nice. lineup was Seth Rogen. And everyone's going to feed in these names to me because I'm Morgan Freeman, Seth Rogen, all Academy Award winners, too. Uh, Matthew McConaughey. And I was between Morgan Freeman and Matthew McConaughey. And Andre Reed you know, introduced me. That's a sandwich right there. Yeah. And, I'm, and so I go back in the green room. <laughs> the, the screen's on. I told the guy, turn off that green screen because they're so nervous for me mm -hmm. that they want me to read off a teleprompter. And you know how boring that is. Yes. And I'm like, there's no way. So... I told him to turn it off. He goes, just don't go over on time. I'm like, trust me, I'll probably be under. And so I literally just started by saying, I'm like, look, I'm sure you're thinking what I'm thinking. Number one, who the hell is this? And two, why would they give a sports agent a humanitarian award? And so I started off like that. It did the same. It was so nerve wracking. Sage Steele, who went to University of Indiana, uh, had the same experience. One of the greatest times was that commencement speech. But I think it's awesome because here you are, a .6 student, and there, you are now doctor Rashad Jennings, right? That's crazy. And they're honoring you. When I get to speak at schools that rejected me is my favorite thing, right? I go to Stanford. You guys rejected me for undergrad, rejected me for grad school, you know, for law school. Now you're, you are you want my knowledge. It's like your paper. You know, you want my name on your paper, get an A. Yeah. You know, they're quoting me on the internet, you know? And I was like, God, if you only knew. That's awesome. Well, you do have a foundation. Yes. You know, giving back is extremely important. Tell me a little bit about the foundation. Uh, so the foundation is very important to me. I, um, I focus on reading, education, literacy, mainly in uh, mentorship and health and fitness. Why? Because those are the pillars that really I built myself on. And, you know, if I, if I didn't have a loving family and loving, you know, people around me that believed in me before I knew who I was, I wouldn't be here. And I'm always reminded of that. I always say it's nothing special about me at all. It's the position that I find myself in. It's very unique and special. And so 
in that position, I get to kind of unmask myself and be a magnifying glass towards things I believe are important. And again, because of the position, I want to push people to look at things a certain way. And through the foundation, you know, it's really where I pour my heart. And I always tell people that every dollar sent to the foundation goes directly to a kid. Like, you're not paying anybody's salary. You're not paying any. Everything else comes out of my own pocket, and I structured it that way. It's because I feel like, for me, (laughs) when I give money to philanthropically, I want to know where this dollar is going. Well, there's a penny. I just want to know. So I set it up that way, and, you know, it was created uh, four years ago, um, and I realized that it (laughs) – the reading challenge started off because I looked in an NFL trash can and I realized it is some nice stuff in there. Like if you go inside the NFL locker room, yes, the sir. trash can yeah. is fire. Like it's golden. Yeah. It's not a normal trash can. Right, right. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I started thinking to myself, wait a second, that's, that's Maurice Jones's, Maurice Jones Drew jersey he just threw away. Yeah. That's Eli Manning's uh, hat he just threw away. That's Odell Beckham's glove he just threw away. Like, this is valuable. Exactly. Dave Melcher's book they just threw away. Yeah, what is going on? Exactly. Exactly. You can find a lot of books in the NFL locker room. Everyone's giving you books. Like, oh, I was like, oh, a whole library. This is perfect. Rashad's like, I got it filled up here. You got yeah. every single business book people are pushing on these athletes. That's all. Awesome. And they're all signed. Exactly. I'll tell you, gifted. You, you, there's a lot of gifts that happen in the league. I'll tell you, I had to give you some, I had to give some strong tips about if you're trying to get if you're trying to build a great relationship with an athlete how to do it yeah let's oh, hear man. this this is good so it's a secret this is a great tip anybody who's listening yeah understand this if you want to get the attention of an athlete or a locker room make an investment by giving something free people love free stuff oh you're nailing it if you give a player something in the locker room they're going to open it in the locker room. Everyone else. If they open in the locker room, everyone else is going to see. Yep. Everybody else is going to say, where'd you get that from? Well, they're going to have to answer, oh, such and such gave it to me. Who is such and such? You just instantly got your name inside of a locker room. Connected like, to your product. Doing something simple for free. I'm telling you, people love free stuff. You never you never go wrong giving free stuff. But anyway, there's That's a That's awesome. Hey, now, go a little deeper on your tip. Because I get people ask me all the time with my relationships that we have with teams, leagues, organizations, owners. What do you think the best way to get that gift onto your seat in the locker room? To get it on the seat in yeah, the locker room? Yeah. Hmm. Like if you are, right, give me, throw out some type of product that we have. So, we, you know, someone has like a, earphones. Like we did the, the, back then it was Monster. Okay. Monster owned Beats. So we were, we were leaving the Beats on the NBA locker room. So the guys would wear them when they're going into, you know, and get on TV. And it was millions of dollars of free publicity by giving away, you know, f- free headphones. Mm-hmm. How do you think the best way, through the trainer? Or wh- who's the best person to get it in there? Or just the agent that can put it in there? Oh, to you? give it to, give to, it give it to, it to you. Yeah. So check this out. So if you guys want to give free stuff to Rashad, how would he do it? <laughs> yeah, it's just, hey, just call me. No, exactly. Um, it's uh, the best way to get it in a player's hand is going directly to the facility. Don't go through the agent, right? Because this is this is what happens. Sometimes the agent a stage how they're getting it. 
So the agent can come to himself. Yeah. I used to be an agent. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead and keep it, man. If it's free, I have no obligation to pass it on. Is that how are they going to know? <laughs> exactly. Like, I'll even ask, like, hey, Warren, you want this? No, you can keep it. I'm like, you sure? I was like, oh, a nice bottle of tequila. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, seriously, if you give it, if, 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 if I have some headphones yeah. and you have a, a player, he's your client, if I give it to you to give it to him, you're going to tell him, hey, man, I've been working for you. I got this deal going on and all this other stuff. It's like, no, it really didn't happen that way. Right. But obviously, you're using it to your advantage. Same thing happens with the parents. Skip the middleman. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I call you. Endorsement hey, deals. I'm looking for your player uh, for, for a gig. You're going to be like, click. Hey, guess what, man? I've been working for you. I got this opportunity. I you just can be an agent. Come on, man. Like, who you, you know fooling? Exactly. <laughs> you know it's the truth. Exactly. Like, it's, it's special when a true, like, there's really good agents out there. But it's far and few between, honestly. Yeah. It, it, but it is special if you can find somebody who can create. Like if you, if LeBron James is your client, you don't really. We talking about you're creating, you're yeah, working. Right. Yeah. Come you're, on, you're starting on defense. Does, does you're not on offense. You're on defense when you yeah, represent those no, guys. No, no, no. Exactly. This ain't. But when you have somebody that is not stardom, even though I personally believe it's what it's roughly 1,600 athletes, 1,600 NFL players per year, roughly. Like this is an elite business. Like, everybody who has an interest in any type of personality, if represented truthfully, can make and do some type of endorsement. Maybe it's not on a major multi-million, local, one hundred thousand scale, but right. yes, for the local communities and things that they, I, I, yes, I will go. That's why I was a player rep. <laughs> because I, I fought for my players. Like I probably brought in more money to my athletes, my, my friends and athletes than the agent did. You know, half the players like Rashad. Can you be my agent? I'm like, no, but I'm gonna teach you how to do it. That's good. Um, awesome. Well, last question. When it's all said and done, I know you're starting to write books. You speak. You have that. You know, you're a doctor. All these. You're just a great entrepreneur and a humanitarian. What legacy do you want to leave, Rashad? That's strong. That's a strong one. Um, I personally, and this may sound weird, but I, I personally live my life with death on my mind. Not in a dramatic way, but as a matter of fact, that it will happen. Guaranteed taxes and debt. 100%. <laughs> and I truly believe the, 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 the legacy that you live behind, the brand of who you are, uh, people, is what's said when you're not around. That's, that's, that's the impact you've left on people. When you're in front of people, it's different, but... When you're not around, what people say, that's the impact that you left. And I, I want to live a life worth mimicking. Um, I have to... I want to live a life worth mimicking. Awesome. 100%. <laughs> this guy, I love when I get someone on my show that I don't know that well. Because, you know, there's these names out there and you meet an extraordinary person that had extraordinary circumstances but overcame them. But, Rashad, you blew me away and you have someone that behind your back will use you as an example to inspire others to empower others right because you have taken you know the challenges and turned them into this extraordinary opportunity and now you're taking the extraordinary opportunity and you're helping other people and i can't wait to read that book i might steal it from you even though it's not out yet so this is dave Meltzer, ceo of sports one marketing with Dr. Rashad Jennings, and I look forward to being of service to you and all the causes that you have. You have really impressed me, and behind your back, 
there's going to be nothing but praise. And uh, you are something special uh, on the field, off the field, and from Lynchburg and far beyond. This is Dave Meltzer, Entrepreneur, The Playbook. Thanks for listening. And remember to tune in every Tuesday for the latest episode of The Playbook.